Hello, my friend, and welcome to this podcast through a trauma-informed lens, Soma, Psyche, and Soul. My name is Aneta Itchak, and I'm your host here. This podcast is for you if you're a heart-centered practitioner who works or wants to work with clients in a more trauma-informed and somatic way. You might be a coach, a yoga teacher or therapist, a healer, holistic wellness practitioner or a body worker. I welcome you here. In this podcast, we are going to explore how we can connect with and support others from a more compassionate and embodied space and in a way that includes the wholeness of our and our clients' felt experience, in a way that includes our soma, psyche, and soul. I will be sharing with you somatic practices and tools that I teach in our trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach training certifications. And I will be speaking with other practitioners who, like me, are on a mission to create safer spaces and make a real positive impact within their communities and the world. I hope you will join me in this conversation and welcome again. Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. Thank you for joining me here again. Today, I want to share with you a celebration, a celebration of completion of our beta cohort of trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach for women. I am so excited, so, so excited and so grateful to be completing this training certification. The first round is completed. It's a huge achievement. Huge achievement for me as a trainer and facilitator and a founder of the Institute and huge achievement for 10 women who completed uh, the tra this training certification. It's such an amazing feeling. It's been 10 months uh, in making and well, <laughs> 10 months that it's been running, um, nine modules and we had a break uh one month during the summer it's actually been in making i guess for the last 20 or 30 years <laughs> with everything that i studied everything that i attended with working my working in social care uh then you know teaching yoga and mindfulness and then somatics and running the yoga and wellness studio blah, 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 all of those kind of things you know it's it's i allowed this process of integration, of really, real deep integration when I was creating this training. And um, it's such an amazing feeling to be completing it with a group of wonderful female practitioners who signed up for it, who showed up for themselves, who stayed the course because it hasn't been easy. It has not been easy. I know that on many occasions, many of them felt like they wanted to give up and yet they stayed. They showed up for themselves. They showed up for their communities and their clients. They showed up for the community. They supported each other so well. And it really is such a huge privilege 
to be holding space for women in this way and knowing that it will ripple out within the communities with every other woman or every other client, because it goes beyond women, um, that they will support in whichever way they work in with their clients and their students, whether it is in a group classes and sessions, workshops, retreats, courses online or in person, one-to-one work. There are so many different ways that we can bring this trauma-informed somatic work uh, in our, you know, in our work with our clients. And as we were finishing, we had our last embodied wisdom circle. So each module has got one embodied wisdom circle and coming together, taking time to connect, taking time to reflect, we did a guided exercise on, on reflecting and really connecting with the change that happened within them over the last 10 months in different aspects. And we were looking at soma, psyche, soul, and work and relationships. So these are the different aspects of our experience, our daily experience. And it's so useful to pause, to turn inward, to take time to reflect, to see how much progress and change happened. So often we just live in this rush of moving forward really moving forward, a new project, a new course, a new program, a new thing, the shiny new thing (laughs) that we move towards. That's the thing that holds answer for me. That's the thing, the golden key or the golden nugget that will change everything. And from experience, I know that that's not the case. The case is that the wisdom lies in disposing, in dropping in, in connecting within, and reflecting, and really embracing and honoring all the change, all the little and big shifts, all the insights, all the challenges, all the resistance, the wisdom and real gold lies in that reflection. And so what, what were the kind of things that this female practitioner shared? Well, there were so many of them, so, so many of them. And as I said, they kind of come under different Things like the soma psyche and soul relationships and the work. So we started with soma, you know, what changes happened on that more somatic level. And there were so many different things that they 
shared. It started, it always started with having loads more awareness, awareness of themselves, awareness of the inner experience, awareness of how they hold themselves, how are they, how much they listening to their own inner rhythm, how much they listening to their own inner knowing and wisdom and honoring it, how much self-care um, they prior how how they how much they prioritize their self care, how um how much they connect with their inner experience to create more safety, more presence, to connect with that somatic intelligence, to how much they allow themselves and prioritize their daily practices, somatic practices or <clears throat> somatic checking in or somatic self-compassion, how much they honor and acknowledge and honor their own needs and how much they meet their own needs in an empowered way. So there is so much in here. And the interesting thing for me is always that Yes, we can become aware, but being aware is not the same as change in behavior. We can be aware of something, that we need to do something, that we need to change something, that we need to um, approach something in a different way. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we follow with behavior and action. Yes, we cannot change what we are not aware of, but awareness itself doesn't necessarily mean a change in behavior. There needs to be a something else. We need to understand and become aware on a different level, on a different layer of our experience. That's when the behavior follows. And so it was very interesting to explore this from that somatic perspective, what it meant for them, how much of a change in behavior there was in during that time. So some of them were talking about, and that really shifts into relationships with others as well, and the psyche, the soma psyche and relationships. That's been definitely a lot of changes for many of them in changing the dynamics within the relationships and especially changing the boundaries within many relationships, whether it is within the personal context uh, relationships or whether it is within the work relationships. These boundaries changing is not an easy thing to do. And many of them talked about this, letting go of people-pleasing, letting go of overgiving, letting go of um, saying yes to things where everything within us is saying no, honoring our inner wisdom, honoring our inner knowing. That takes courage. This is not an easy thing. And 
when we allow ourselves to embrace it and honor it, we can do this. And one of the things that many of them were talking about is this idea that we were exploring during the training of change is uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable, can feel uncomfortable, but it can be uncomfortable, but safe enough. Uncomfortable, but safe <laughs> enough. What does it mean? It means that, yes, it's, it will be uncomfortable. It might feel unsafe as well on some level, but it can also feel safe enough and we can do it at our own pace and we can allow ourselves to make decisions as quickly or as slowly as we need to. So shifting into those inner relationships with ourselves, you know, those parts of us, and that's something that we explore a lot in the training, you know, looking at the um, focusing, so embodied listening and the IFS, internal family systems model. So we are aware of parts, theory, and how we can embrace it in our own work and working with our clients. So we can be informed in those models and we can use them because everybody talks about the imposter syndrome. Everybody talks about inner critics or inner child. This is something that is within our common language. We use it. And if you've done any archetypes work, again, that's something that we talk loads about um, within the training. These are our common archetypes within our psyche. You know, we talk loads about this. There is lots of information about it, about them. And so understanding that we all have imposter part, we all have critical parts. We all have to a lesser or bigger degree, perfectionistic part. <laughs> if you are self-employed, um, practitioner, you know, I'm sure you want to create something that is real good quality, that is really um, useful to your students and your clients, something that you really believe in. And no, no wonder we have got those critical parts that are telling us, well, you don't know enough or it's not good enough what you created. And so really understanding those inner dynamics helps us to build relationships with those protector parts of us that come up and become activated, especially when we are growing. Stepping outside of your comfort zone requires you to do something that you haven't done before or do it in a different way. It requires you to do it on faith. You don't know if it's going to work. You don't know how long it will take for it to work. You don't know whether it's, you know, going to be successful or it's going to fall flat on its face. And so these parts come up when we are growing, when we are changing, when we are stepping outside of our comfort zones. 
and they become louder and more activated within us, trying to protect us from perceived danger, like being judged or being disowned or kicked out, out of your circle or um, being told that you are wrong. And so rather than trying to get rid of those parts and or, or deny them or um, show them who's the boss, <laughs> we can start having dialogues with those parts and start understanding that they exist within the context of what we are doing, within the context of our lives and who we are. And every time you grow, and this is something that is so amazing, once you understand that every time you grow, these parts become activated, it becomes less about you and listening to those parts and more about understanding why they are showing up and how we can take care of ourselves, how we can work with them, how we can keep moving forward and understanding that it can be uncomfortable, but safe enough. And so for me, when I look at those female practitioners who completed the training, this is exactly what they did. And this is what they were talking about in our final embodied wisdom circle that it was challenging. It was difficult. We had loads of laughs. We had a lot of connection, loads of discussions and some tears and during the training from different practitioners at different times because they connected differently with the material. And yet they stayed because they understood that it can feel uncomfortable but safe enough. And we can keep moving forward at our pace and we can integrate this piece of work knowing how powerful it is. And this is what a number of them were talking about as well, that this work is really powerful, that this work is life-changing, that this work allows you to connect with yourself on a di different level, that this work can support you during difficult times. And, you know, a number of them have experienced very difficult um, situations, including bereavement, including relationships breakdown, including well-being challenges and health challenges, relationship challenges. There was so much because so much happens in a space of 10 months. And what they said was that learning those practices, having this understanding, really made a huge difference. But that it felt to them like it was holding them together. And of course, being part of the community of women who support each other, who um, cheer each other on, who connect from that vulnerable space as well as empowered space makes all the difference, all the difference. And so when we look at the work, you know, we, we were also looking at how did it impact 
how did the training impact them on the level of work? And again, lots of feedback was here about understanding how important it is to um, start with ourselves, start with embodied self-care, with deep rest, with creating space for us to connect with our experience, but also allowing ourselves to ask for support, moving away from this overly independent way of being, not thinking that we can do it ourselves. And this is a very feminine approach. Collaboration, connection, support. Because so many of us try to do it ourselves. Maybe we've been burned in the past. Maybe we tried to collaborate with other women and it didn't work. And so we give up because we think that it's not possible. And this is one of the feedback that was very clear from this group. How amazing it was to be part of a community of women, a group of women with so much support, so much compassion. No judging, no competition, no, um, you know, who's the best and who's doing it better, but simply showing up however they were because everything, you know, the wholeness of them was welcomed within the training. And this is also, you know, comes from my understanding that we all learn at a different pace. So following this completion of our training part, now they have one year of support in uh, question and answer support sessions with our ongoing Facebook group, um, with some other bonus sessions of really allowing that time for integration, allowing that time for going through the material again, because we covered a lot of stuff. And so we can have time. There is no this rushing involved. And so many of them talked about really allowing themselves to embrace more their skills, their strengths, their gifts, and now thinking about how are they bringing it into their communities and the world. And this, you know, the connection of the soul piece with work piece, allowing yourself to follow your inner knowing. And so many of them talked about moving away from doing things because they thought they had to, and this is how it had to be done, to more of this experiential, curious uh, exploration of, well, how, how could I do it? If I did it my way, 
what would be the best way of working with my clients and my students and sharing my gifts, building on my strengths, connecting with my confidence, connecting and embracing and honoring what's already here. Because each one of us is different. We like to work in a slightly different way. We have got slightly different gifts. We uh, have slightly different strengths or very different strengths. We like to work in a different way with our clients and students. Some of us love one-to-one -one work. Others prefer to do workshops or day retreats or weekend retreats. Some of us love working online. Others prefer to work in person or a mixture of things. Some of us love videos. Some of us love uh, writing. There are so many ways that we can build and create our own businesses and make them sustainable and inspiring and businesses that we absolutely love. Businesses in which we share our gifts, our passion, our expertise with our students and clients and our communities. And so really reflecting on the last 10 months, I have to say I am not the same woman as I was when I started. <laughs> it's been very healing for me as well to hold that space for women in this kind of way, in this kind of container. Yes, it's challenged me. Yes, it made me reevaluate my boundaries. But it also allowed me to embrace for myself more fully the last 25 years of studying, learning, growing, working in many different settings and with many different clients and really allowing myself, just like the participants of my training, to really embrace and honor that inner knowing for myself and collaborate with other practitioners. So bringing other experts, other female practitioners who are doing similar work to me, but from a different perspective and have their voices be part of this training. And this is definitely something that I will be working on more to bring more female practitioners, to share their expertise, to share their voices, to share their unique points of view within the training. I think that's one of the wonderful, most wonderful things that my work allows me to do. And the same through this podcast, you know, having... Um, opportunity to speak with so many different 
not only women, but male practitioners as well. And so as I'm coming to the end of this podcast today, I just want to share how deeply grateful I am. Deeply, deeply, deeply grateful through the whole of my being for these 10 female practitioners, 10 women who completed this training with me, Beta Kohot with me, and for all the other women who are part of the second cohort, which we are halfway through, and that's absolutely amazing as well. And all the future cohorts, the next cohort in 2024, starting in March and running as one weekend per month. And the autumn cohort in 2024, which will run on Friday afternoons. And there is so much learning as well for me about what's the best way to, for me to hold the space. What is my capacity, my nervous system capacity, my uh, energy, energetic capacity to hold space uh, for this container? And moving forward, we will be running this training twice a year in spring and in autumn. And that feels like a really wonderful uh, spaced out way where the spring cohort runs as one weekend per month structure and the autumn cohort runs as one afternoon per week structure. Different structure, same training, different cohorts, dif slightly different container, same amazing training. And so if you are interested, you can follow the link in the description. You can find out all the information about this training, Trauma-Informed Somatic Teacher and Coach for Women. And you can book a free call with me, fill in the form, book a free call with me and let's connect and talk. And I'd love you to be part of our community of female practitioners, female practitioners who come from so many different backgrounds and are trained in different modalities. Some are accredited coaches already. Some are uh, therapists, some are healers, some are yoga teachers or therapists, some are wellness practitioners, massage practitioners, uh, osteopaths, um, social workers. There is so, so, so much variety of different modalities uh, within, within this training. And each practitioner takes what they need, what resonates and create, create something unique for themselves. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and I hope I will get a chance to connect with you soon. Take care for now. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
If you are interested in our training certifications at Golden Mandala Yoga Soma Institute, I invite you to visit our website, www.anettai.co.uk, where you can find all the information about our training certifications, uh, trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach for women and trauma-informed yoga teacher, as well as thriving business mandala coaching program. I look forward to connecting with you more. Mm -hmm.